by making sure our customers talk to, they always have three major parts. All of our leads have a price, a timeline, and a motivation. And guess what? Motivation ain't just cash. You, somebody's saying that, hey, the reason why I want to sell is the cash, that your closer has to start fresh. What are the rebuttals to give that person? Mike check. I'm good. Mike check. Mike check. You can read about success all day long, but if you don't put in the work, the mindset, execution, and the hustle behind your vision, it just remains a dream. When everything goes wrong, you have to take all the responsibility. We uncover what high-level entrepreneurs, business owners do to rise up from hustling daily. So do what you feel passionate about. Take chances. The world becomes your library to help you become better at your craft. Join me as I share with you actionable tips to help you grow your business, learn skills, and help you level up in your self-development journey. Your number one spot for business and personal growth is the Online Hustlers Podcast with your host, Esteban Andrade. Every day I'm hustling. What's going on, guys? We have here the episode of the Online Hustlers Podcast where we're going to be covering REI marketing and conversion. Uh, why? Because a lot of you listeners are real estate investors out there, wholesalers that are maybe in a stage where that you want to scale up, or maybe you're just even beginning and need to understand really what it takes to actually make it to other levels and actually have a sustainable business. Uh, in this episode, we have Scott Morris. Scott Morris is actually one of the biggest players that actually you may not know him, but now you're going to know him. And uh, he helps big real estate investing companies scale with marketing. And this is true marketing because what he does has been so incredible for this uh, with these companies. A lot of people that find this so difficult uh, to manage, even to right. start, to keep up. And that is having one of the best cold calling teams and cold calling uh, infrastructure so that you actually get motivated sellers coming in every single day. And we have Scott Morris right here from Lamsu Leads and Lamsu Media. He actually also owns a real estate investing company and he has a partner, but I don't want to talk about it. I want Scott to come in. Scott, what's going on, man? I'm so pleased to have you here. Awesome, brother. First off, I appreciate the invite to the show. Uh, I've only been in your guys' vertical. February will be two years. And you're definitely one of those faces that I see out there, you know, in the buzz, because there's there's a lot of noise, but there's very few solid uh, the people that you're able to pick up on right out of the gate. So I'm super proud of you and what you're doing with this podcast and, and watching you and your marketing venture. So I'm super excited to talk marketing and all things scaling businesses here on your podcast today. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. And uh, and you said that you've been here in the industry two years and, the, and for a lot of people that that they're going to say like, oh, and that's not too long. But you've been able to to grow a little empire here and actually influence and help a lot of uh, top players in the industry. Yeah. And they are currently your members, people, people that are your affiliates. Uh, that's how you call it. Um, but I, I really want to understand. Uh, let's go back to two years ago, man, because yep. uh, at, at some point, anything great actually requires him and it takes time and you've been able to do that. And so uh, I want to go back to two, two years ago where you you were just starting out or just had the idea. Oh, my God, these people have a problem with marketing that people don't know how to manage VAs, cold call, uh, even right. have a, a, a small call center. And I'm going to I'm going to dedicate my life to solve this problem. So just let's go back to that and just tell us, tell us exactly what was going through your head and, and like, who were you at that time, man? Sure. So let me put it as a frame of reference, because where we're at today isn't where we're going. There's still a long journey ahead of us. But in my own wholesaling operation, we're north of 50 deals every month right now, consistently rocking and rolling, scaling into multiple markets. From a call center perspective, I have 67 clients throughout the nation. We're doing close to 2 million dials a week. And so 2 wow. million dials a week were the industry's first, I believe, full-fledged enterprise-level call center that's ever hit. Everybody's been used to the VA type service, et cetera, et cetera. And when I was introduced to this industry, I immediately started seeing all the problems because I had had a very large call center, 160-some person call center, selling leads to distressed cohorts, uh, whether that particular time it was an attorney model. 
And you just saw as soon as I stepped into this industry that the closers who are also the solopreneurs who are trying to get this business off the ground, they're doing everything except for closing. They're spending almost all their time on activities that aren't revenue generating. And so the gentleman that introduced me to this industry, I watched and I observed and I said, well, why are you staying up to 2 a.m. pulling list? Why are you trying to figure out which data provider is the best? I've seen your desk. It's a mess. There's no way you're not paying for dupes, and there's no way. And then you got his closers trying to qualify leads. And so you end up having 99% of this industry, they focused, they have a set amount of time, but they're spending it all doing non-revenue producing activities. A, a CEO needs to be focused on generating revenue, period. And that doesn't happen at the data, doesn't happen at the skip, doesn't happen at playlist management or managing VAs. It happens at here's a lead that is closable, get my sales crew on it. And once I kind of identified that, I said, okay, I'll step in and handle this. I'll do the whole front end and then partner, because that's what I've done before, sell leads, partner with people that we can now uh, revenue share those leads with. And that's what birthed the industry. I never was going to have any other clients other than the one revenue share partner that I had. But people, the buzz got out. And now, like I said, we have 66 other clients nationwide. Oh, so you started as a revenue share, kind of like, uh, uh, like a little bit of joint venturing. Like, can, can joint I venturing like, on the front end. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. And at the same time, you were bringing in your experience because you started sure. doing this uh, before, right? So these people that wanted to work with you and do a rep share, they also will see you as a partner. Yeah, right? strategic partner, right? Uh, for sure, strategic for partner. sure. Because the previous business, uh, you know, 160 some employees doing the amount of volume that we were doing, we got offers from hedge funds for significant numbers. But so we always had this really great business infrastructure that had been built out. And that's essentially what I do. I'm a marketing guy. Like I, I don't have but so many talents, but one of them is generating customers who want to pull the trigger or are right there at pulling the trigger, low funnel leads. And this industry, unfortunately, I think what's it's so pre prevalent in this industry is that uh, blind squirrels find nuts. And you'll have people who are satisfied with 80 to $120,000 a year. And they're very lackluster at what they do. And you can actually hire a VA in Egypt or hire a VA in the Philippines and have some level of success, but it's not consistent. You can't scale inconsistent lead flow. But imagine a world where you never once thought about, will there be a lead in my CRM? How am I better targeting it? And so that's the void that I now fill for all these affiliates nationwide, which is, hey, listen, you focus on generating revenue. I'll focus on generating leads. And let's celebrate at the finish line. That is that is huge because a lot of people I feel that they uh, they don't actually take treat this as a true business or don't try to understand this how a true business actually would need to operate in order to right. actually have a sustainable a sustainable consistent flow of income every single month coming in and don't just have like those great months and all of a sudden you're back, you know, back at zero trying to figure it out all over again. And 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 you're you're basically yeah. have figured out a way now to actually help people to avoid that and yes. keep that consistency. Now, before we go into the details of like what actually people can do and how they can do it with you, or they how can even you know learn from you from this episode is. I, I want to understand for a lot of people, it's very, very hard to comprehend that you have, first of all, 160 plus uh, people working for you in a call center. I mean, like right. that's it's very hard to comprehend, man. Do you come from a, from a background of like a call center or like like how do you build this? How do you build this mayhem? So thank you. Uh, I think the number one thing is just the sales skills. I, I was blessed or lucky enough at 20 to go into high value, high volume sales. Actually got my first sales job at a timeshare resort. And if you know anything about timeshare, nice. it's really one of the most ruthless sales trainings that are out there. And so I spent 15 to 20 years in that vertical and either marketing or the closing side. And those acts, those, those truths that exist in timeshare sales are the same thing that exists in Ginsu. They're the same thing that exists in, in car sales. And so that's another major component that most people are missing is they have no sales experience. And if yes. you don't have any sales experience, you don't have the objections there. And if you don't have the objections, then you don't have your rebuttals. And just being able to provide all that for people on the front end of their operation, it's really the North Star is we know how to close leads and we know how to close deals. 
all the rest just falls into place once you can do that. If you can generate revenue, you can have enough cushion to fuck up other things. Excuse my language. But you can have enough cushion to mess up other things. And so I think that's really what it was. It's just like, hey, listen, we can generate leads and we can close our leads. It's infinitely scalable once you have your processes down. And so that's kind of how we started and got here today. And right now I'm talking to you from Columbia, South America. So in this industry, you need to have your CPL or cost per lead at a lead that allows you to penetrate deep into this space. And so that's the reason why I elected to offshore the actual operation itself, but not turn it over to somebody else. Turning it over to somebody else would have to be turning over to somebody candidly inferior to the knowledge base that I have. And so I was willing to move to other continents. I also have an office in Panama that's the data company, but I was able to move here because I knew that under my watch, I would be able to have a consistency and deliverables that I would expect. And now that what I expect is now what I give. 100%. Uh, and I feel like uh, a lot of uh, agencies or or just, uh, you know, providers out there, they, they just try to like provide a service, somehow get some good results, but then they try to exit of that service so they don't continuously improve and they're not actually like driving the horse, right? Because they, they just want to exit and then it's just, it becomes like a, a whack. It, it just becomes a whack service. It becomes like an average type of service. But what you do is you're focusing on quality. Now, I'm pretty sure... Uh, since you understand one of the main problems of real estate wholesalers and investors, which is sales and conversion, all right, yes. you have been able to now like help them with the lead generation part, which is the first problem that they have because they need to get uh, motivated sellers coming in. But uh, you also understand that it's crucial for them to close these deals because like, what if, I mean, what if you send them a hundred and, and, and they only close one, that is a terrible right. 1% closing, closing right. Uh, ratio. Right. And, and um, so now when you actually were acquiring these skills, these sales skills throughout your sales experience uh, doing, right. uh, you know, doing sales, uh, you knew that you you actually needed to take this comp, the, whatever you created to another level. But you also knew that one of the most important things for you and for the clients was to for them to actually close deals and to actually generate revenue. Okay. Um, right now, what 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 is what are the changes or what are the things that you have actually done and you in in your in your corporation to help uh, real estate investors? you know, ju just commit yeah. or, or, or just turn that around? It, it's a really good question. Um, and so I think the, how you lose a solid closer, let's just say you meet a guy at a bar or you, he sells you something. You're like, bro, you should come work for my real estate investment company. You want to lose that guy, serve him crappy leads. You want to lose that guy, make him a glorified VA. Cause 90% of this industry is getting sent over heartbeat in a home leads. What do I mean by that? The person literally has a heartbeat and they have a home and that VA in the Philippines is like, okay, I got a new lead. And they send it over. You're essentially creating a glorified VA out of a closer. And so now he's, he's burnt out by the time he gets that actual real lead, he has no more juice left. And so how about inverse that? How about let me send you less leads than your last provider, but you have longer conversations. Cause that's our mantra. Like not only do we do a fair amount of volume, obviously just at the scale we're at, but we're more focused on quality of conversations before the lead actually gets sent over. So our average qualifying front, and that's what we call, again, we're fronters, the investors are the uh, closers, but our average front is about 15 minutes long. Most people would never trust their VA in the Philippines to have a 15-minute conversation. A, because there's a chicken in the background, it's terrible audio quality, <laughs> this person doesn't understand sarcasm, they're like, I want a million dollars. Okay, great, let me send you over. So by making sure our customers talk to, they always have three major parts. All of our leads have a price, a timeline, and a motivation. And guess what? Motivation ain't just cash. You, somebody's saying that, hey, the reason why I want to sell is the cash, that your closer has to start fresh. What are the rebuttals to give that person? To dig in deeper, to be able to find out what that cash is going to be used for what it will feel like once they have that cash. What does it mean to not only them, but to their spouse or their kids or their legacy? And what we're really doing is taking time to build a relationship in the front end. So that way, when the uh, closers call, the affiliates call, that person actually wants to pick up the phone. Like how many times have somebody called and be like, I didn't say that. No, I don't want to sell anymore. Well, that's a problem in the qualifying. That's not a problem for the closer. Unfortunately, many CEOs 
stick their closers with crummy leads all day and they're exhausted. And that's the reason why it's so beautiful. And I don't allow this to happen, just be official on video, but it's always cute when it happens. But a guy, somebody will hire us and one of their closers will be like, oh, this is what I've been needing my whole life. So then he'll try to contact us and hire us for his own. And I'm like, no, you, you can't do that. You can't go behind your boss. But it's the this type of lead, I believe, has never been experienced in the industry. And these types of analytics that drive the leads, because most people don't understand how to do true KPI analysis on how the lead flow from the motivating cohort to the dials to leads, to the leads to, to like we tier or score our leads. We send all leads with a score as well, too. So the main thing is we're just making sure that the affiliate has more closable leads and then everything else falls into place. Wow, man. So it sounds like a very incredible system that you have created a funnel, like a true funnel that filters out uh, people truly before they ever talk to someone that is a closer, before they ever waste your time or they ever pick up the phone to be able to lock it up on their contract. So now uh, you, you have actually found that you having a team, you said based out of Colombia, right? Yes, sir. All right, so I am. I'm actually based out of Colombia, and that's that's fucking awesome, man. So uh, it makes me proud to say that someone's coming in from the U.S. or Canada, doesn't yeah. matter where it is, and actually taking over and uh, doing really good things in my country. So uh, I want to understand. Um, so it, it, I I understand the type of people and the type of culture that Colombians actually have. South American, uh, they're very similar overall. South Americans, Central Americans, uh, very similar, but. Uh, Colombia definitely has uh, other type of uh, personality and, and there are other type of people uh, than, than the Philippines. And we're talking here, for example, Philippines um, or even other Asian, Asian based VAs. Uh, right. But uh, why, why is it that you chose to be in Colombia and you actually saw the opportunity to push uh, really hard on creating this vision towards your in, in your team? And yeah. how to do things correctly, and how and how you can actually instill these skills in your team as well in in your in your big uh, in your big cold callers. So living in Florida, you're exposed to many different cultures. Like I was born and raised in Virginia, but my last big office was in South Florida, and so you're just not in South Florida without being able to become friends and really get to know different cultural networks. And so not only did I have a big group of Colombian friends, but you obviously have Portuguese. Brazilians speak Portuguese. And so like it just exposed me to the country. And the one thing that I've always known about Colombia, uh, good or bad, it's almost Panama-ish in the amount of influence from America that's here. Like these kids listen to 80s rock all damn day, like every day, (laughs) 2027. They're still going to be listening to 80s rock. They watch 80s movies from the United States, 80s, 90s, current, everything. Right. But they really is a great love affair uh, in Colombia. love affair, like a, a familiarity between the two countries. And so yes. even in the sarcasm, which is cute, the yeah, Americans are very smart ass. There's still that level of it here. Um, so I had a lot of confidence in being able to deploy into this country. But once I got here, I think one of the biggest things, once I found out how everything works in town with pay structures, I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I can easily come in and be not only have the coolest culture, but reciprocate what matters the most at the end of the day, which is their paychecks. And so I'm the highest paying call center in town. I have the highest paying commissions in town. Nothing's under the table. They're so used to Americans or gringos or whoever coming in town, paying people on debit cards, no benefits, doesn't work. They're having to work from home. They're not being supported. And so we take good people and turn them into good closers. We take good people, turn them into strong salespeople. That's really all I need to start with is just like a good human being who's got an appreciation for what's at the opportunity at hand. And they are also wildly cognizant that nothing like this exists. They don't know any friends who work at a you know, 100 plus person call center. We have an arcade room. We have ping pong tables. We have a big, massive uh, call center floor, private offices. Like we've got a really cool environment here. And everybody seems to be very appreciative that for the first time, somebody didn't come in town and try to get skinny, but figure out how to get fat with them. Yeah. So whoever is listening, whoever is listening is going to understand that if you were to even have your own uh, virtual employees that is going to take calls, goes, goes, uh, goes off with the list, whatever you provide, uh, you have to be able to treat them well, train them to a level that you expect them that they also turn into salespeople. Because eventually, look, I've seen so many cold callers that they 
actually are giving a raise or they're giving another position as a lead manager and then eventually they become uh, they become also closers and yes. um scott what right now he is actually saying is that uh he he's taking care of his family and his and, and his actual internal team so well that when they work for others they will not only provide also those sales skills during the calls that they're calling call call the, the, the list but they will also level, level up in the same way that you expect any of your team members will level up because as a, as a CEO you're, you're running your your you're running yes. your team you're running your thing you, you're always trying to uh, be super super into your business you're always trying to like uh, be this is your baby right this is your absolute baby so you need people, quality people that are part of your yes. team. And this is what Scott is actually instilling in these people. And I believe, even if it is in whatever country it is, that this is the technique that should be done towards any type of employee, any type yeah. of team member that you have. Okay. Now these people are acquiring sales skills. I've seen, I've seen Scott actually uh, on his, um, and his videos that he posts on social media, if you want to follow Scott in social media, he will he will post how he actually is training and doing this role playing with his team or going through different, you know, diff different situations with their team. And this is something that is huge. And a lot of people don't even take this into consideration because this was this is what is going to drive sustainability, consistency in your front end which is going to feed the back end. Okay. So I want to piggyback off that real quick. So what it takes from man hours to do what you were just saying, which has to be done if you want to become a scalable business, right? If you really want to get into those 20, 30, 40, 50 and more deals. And we also do self-storage. We do some commercials. Like, so we're in a, a couple of different of those tentacles when I talk about our deal volume, but all that amount of time is essentially what I do as a service to get back to them. Because you're right, you do need to take time to build a relationship. You do need a time to train. You do need a time to audit and listen to calls. You do need to do all those calibrations that are necessary to get better every day. And so I do that. That's what our whole call center is for. We have an LMS, which is a learning management software. We can do pop quizzes on people. We can have them go through their whole training modules. Every day we do call calibrations for an hour. We have teams of no more than eight who have a team lead. The team leads has a director of team leads. And so we're, and we have wireless headset for all the managers to go around and coach. We, we, I'm a big TO culture, which is turnovers. Like you hear somebody struggling, grab the headset, take it, let's go. And then, so we just have all this true, I like to say we're the industry's first clean boiler room, only because the culture is boiler roomish, but the product is phenomenal. But dude, we're locking up leads. And I know these customers, because they tell it to us, like, I can't believe I'm still on the phone with you. I, I get these calls all the time. Like that's our badge of an honor. When a customer tells us, I've never spent this amount of time with somebody who randomly called me, it's because we're having an articulate conversation where we're helping them understand that the best thing is, is that we believe with conviction, every single employee in my office, there's now never been a better time to sell your house. Never. There is some type of correction on the way. So if you believe, like I believe, that it's never been a better time to get a cash offer for your house than today then that means you must fight for that customer. Even if they're like, no, maybe now, maybe later, fight for them. Fight for them to generate that lead, convert that lead, send it over and let's get them the help that may they may not even realize that they need. Yeah. And you're actually in a very, very tough uh, also type channel because this channel is a channel where a lot of your prospects are being pounded and send blasts all the time. They're probably tired that like they don't even recognize the number and they're having like, phone calls every 15 minutes you know i i also get phone calls 15 minutes i don't pick up but but like the moment i pick up and they lock me it has to be something good that i believe and then i'm gonna freaking like and do business with that person so amen you are going to uh you're going you're you're actually putting your people through one of the hardest marketing channel because these people are they don't want to talk to you really but i mean right. they they do they do need help but they really don't want to talk yes. didn't have the intentions so uh, tell us uh if, if you can share with us a little bit of um, um the best practices that your team actually does from the moment that they they have that dialer they put our headsets on 
they focus on and getting as many calls as possible. But the moment that someone picks up the phone from that list, what is the process that your um, that your callers do in order to have that impact and yeah. quickly qualify? So there's a lot. So I'll just hit on some of the key notes from a higher level. So there is so much truth in the verbiage, uh, the quote, motion creates emotion. And so what I've helped these guys understand is that Americans are fat. Let's just be honest, right? In general, heavy set, laid back. They're sitting in their lazy boy like this. They answer the phone and you're going to replicate that energy. No way. These people need a breath of fresh air. So my guys, unless they're actually filling out a form for the most part, are standing there and they're just ready. Because they understand neurologically, if I'm like this and the customer's laid back, sipping out of a 7-Eleven cup, you know, we're already out of the gates the right way. And then the reason why I do have a thing against certain VA services out there is it's hard to overcome, if not impossible. Like we call Alabama, we call a bunch of places in the Midwest. When your accent, if you're starting your first impression with an accent that is unintelligible, that you can tell is super foreign. I think you have an issue there. So we're very, very big on making sure we're either hiring expats, people that grew up in the States or just have some English teaching back or something that's really high. But our first thing is to make sure that we're greeting with them with a powerful, positive energy immediately right there. Hey, Barbara. Hey, this is, and then we immediately go into our pitch. Our pitch has like seven like phases in it, if you will. And so we want to set the stage for them. What's going to happen in the call and so whatever we set the stage with, we make sure that it accomplishes. Because what we're doing is we're building their trust psychologically. Like, okay, great. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about the property. And at the end, we're going to do this. And then we ask them questions and we pivot away. Uh, and our whole pitch, and this is something I think that industry should adopt more of because I can tell you it works, but we go for a qualification type pitch. So for the first time, they're hearing somebody who m might turn them down more or less with more fancy words, I might hang up the phone on you at the end of this, sir, and just thank you for your time. Or I might be able to match you with the local investor in your area that not only has the highest ratings and reviews, but can close in the fastest time frame, but most importantly, pay you the most. Let's work on this together as a team, Mr. Seller, and see if I can't get you a match. And so at the end of our call, the customer's like, did I qualify? Did I qualify? And so it's just such a different mentality from the seller because it's all the same thing that they've heard. It's just a little bit more of a nuance. And uh, our rebuttals, uh, are, we, there's, I don't know, 40 some objections that we train on, but our guys know those in and out. And then one other small thing I was looking for it in my room, it's not in here. We have a soccer ball and every diamond of the soccer ball has an objection on it. And so we'll do days of training where we just throw the soccer ball and then they boom, how'd you get my number? Where are you from? And just having everybody so trained that aggressively, like they can catch a soccer ball with 30 some different diamonds or space, spaces on it and be able to rattle them out. It's uh, we're ready for what the customer is going to say. We're ready to talk to them professionally. We have clear voices. We live up to what we promise them in the phone. And we have, a, I think, a sexier way of doing what everybody else is doing. Man, uh, tell me, do you do you consider yourself? Have you read the book uh, uh, Rocket Fuel? No, I haven't. OK. So Rockfield talks about visionaries and talks about integrators. Visionaries are people that basically in a very high level puts out the ideas, has this crazy mind that knows that there's a lot of things that can happen yeah. and makes them happen. They're really good at starting up stuff. And the integrators are the ones that glues pieces together and actually takes more part of the operations and, you know, back end part of it. And uh, and basically and basically it's more of a uh, it's more of a guru makes make sure that shit happens you know yes uh, so by the way it's a very good book to to read to understand whether good. you you would need a partner or understand what hires you need uh, because sometimes most people are visionaries most people a startup they can start something up but then they get stuck in the moment of operationally the things that you were that you were uh saying all these calibrations that you do uh yes. throughout your whole systems and operations um people can't do that or don't learn don't learn and don't know how to yeah. put things together right um and and uh, my question was because you seem to have both qualities and uh, you don't have a partner in this agency or do you is it no. by yourself no so there you go 
So the fact that you're actually taking a soccer ball, man, and, and you're actually having this creative type of training, man, and you're also uplifting culture and environment in the office, yes. man, it just makes a total different type of ball game in in how you deliver with the clients. Because how how, how many how many leads are you actually are you actually uh, uh, delivering for your clients right now in a day, if you, if you were to. Uh. So we have three tiers of leads. So what we consider a qualified lead real quick, because I think it's important for the agents, because again, we want to feed closers more closable leads. So what we consider a qualified lead, the seller's starting asking price. There's no such thing as an asking price. It's always a starting asking price. That's just the starting asking price, period. But it has to be 70% and less of estimate value. Then we have above range, which are 71 to 89. Then we have what we call retail leads, 90% above. Now, we send all three categories of leads to our, our guys, but once you have so much momentum with us, you may end up getting to a phase where you have to focus your closers' attention mainly on that bottom bucket. So anyways, uh, north of 400 leads or so, 350, blend it with all of them over 400. That's awesome. Is there any is there any names that people may recognize that are currently working with you, if you can disclose or, or something? Yeah. Uh, so we have a couple of uh, Justin Colby's, one of our clients, uh, just speaking of influencers. Uh, there's a guy, uh, Handle It, Steve. He's going to kill me if he watches this. I don't know. His last name. <laughs> hey, Handle uh, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alex Kazada, Alex the Investor Kazada, uh, Tyler in Pennsylvania. He's a, he's a power player. Uh, uh, just a group of, you go to my website, I have every company's logo on lamasuleads.com, almost everybody's logo on there. And we do work with a couple of influencers, and it's always cute when I see the influencers respect uh, to all of them because I, I genuinely have built great relationships. But they're like, oh, here's my qualifying script. I'm like, that's not your script. I know what you're I'm doing your front. I know what's going <laughs> So, but anyways, but they all have great value and, and, and great uh, stamp in the, in the industry. But yeah, man, we're generating a significant amount of leads, but that part shouldn't be the focus. It's uh, an amount of leads that are more closable than any other leads. Cause I don't want to send them a bunch of leads. Like I just don't, I want to send them more. I want to send them again, longer conversations with less people as, as backwards as that sounds. You'll probably, yes. you could hire me and get less leads than your last VA, but you'll hire me and get more deals from that than you would have with them. That's right. Because one thing that we also understand even from my side of the business is that we we're not here in the business really to, for you to just have leads because a lead can be generated. But if you don't have a conversation with these people, uh, if you're, for example, if you if you are being sent someone that needs to sell a property, they, they, they said they need to sell a property or fill out a form or whatever that is, but then you're not having conversation with them. There's no way that you're going to figure out what the best offer is going to be like and how you can lock it up in the contract. There's absolutely no way. You, you have to be able to have them have conversations with the sellers. So right? I have a, uh, a big problem. When I first got into the industry, and I, I'm not going to say his name, it's somebody I consider a friend, he's in my cell phone, but there was a major influencer who was perching, uh, pitching seven minutes and less uh, consultations. And then he was training everybody on seven minutes or less. I have in big, bold letters in my wall on the main sales floor, it takes time to take homes. This ain't no seven minutes or less. My closers are given a, a price within 30 minutes. They might as well just say you burnt that lead. 30 to 45 minutes is more appropriate. And when I see a closer on the phone with a customer for over an hour, I'm like, Yahtzee, that's definitely <laughs> going to go down. Because we're asking people to make significant financial decisions over the phone. 100%. From a random stranger on a one-call close. It's not going to happen in seven minutes. But unfortunately, the seven-minute mentality will still get you a couple of deals there and here. But it sets the framework for being lazy with leads. It sets the framework for prejudging the customer based on the form that they fill out on the website. It sets the framework to not nurture a lead. We do analytics, and this is no joke. So far this month, we've had it was at least three that were over 300-day-old leads. And so, yes, there was a bunch of one-call close, one-day close, two days. But still, the average blended is probably about 70 days, at least at now at this stage. And so this industry... I could go through every person who quit wholesaling right now, get their CRM and murder it with their leads just by nurturing the people. These people do one call, never call them back. Oh, they didn't answer. Oh, she said not right now. And then they just don't follow up for the most part. That's what the industry is comprised of, which is great for people who are watching your videos because they're not that mentality. 
right? Because they're trying to embed themselves. But everybody who watches this should feel such great confidence that you can absolutely be assured of your competition's mediocrity. It was yeah. the main attractor. There's a bunch of little uh, cowboys out there and cowgirls out there running their businesses, but they just don't have – it's like a hobby. There's no better way to say it. A lot of people are hey. used as a hobby. If you're listening to this, just uh, do us a favor to Scott and I for the online hustlers podcast. Share this. I just I'm gonna ask you this. Just share this to people that you feel that potentially could get one tip here and there, any value added, even if it is just like the uh, the true uh, the true influence and or 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 even motivation to to go ahead and crush it and and do certain those optimizations and calibrations. Uh, that they have to do, uh, just share this, share this, and and you'll be able to help here other people. And that's everything that I'm asking. But let's go back here with Scott, man. You uh, you said that you you are a very big KPI oriented person, and yes. you have you have been able to truly dive in into the analytics of what's happening in in uh, in the calls that you do. So, how many touches uh, have you seen that a person requires? to pick up the phone and um, how many touches requires to have a, a locked contract? Yeah. Uh, so I think that it really depends on who's having the touches. And sometimes people have a bad day, right? You could have little Sarah and whatever, she misses it. And then two days later. So we're really big on nurturing our clients' data. So a not available, like, I don't want to talk right now. They get a call back in two days. They're not interested. They get a call back in 60 days. And then we have a monster callback calendar. We work the hell out of them. Uh, we call it data. It's not technically lead until we qualify. So we work the hell out of data for our affiliates until we convert it. So I'm not 100% sure I would really be speaking out of context on uh, how many touches because the objective is if they answer, you convert them then. Period. End of story. If they're answering, you should be able to at least convert them or terminate them. Uh, it's completely the wrong number. Boom. Move it off to the side. In regards to a Mendoza line or expectations that I have for my leads, you should a wholesaling operation, particularly virtual. And I can talk about some of the things that face-to-face -face struggle with, but virtual, you should be no more than one out of 20. Anytime that you're in the teens with my leads, you're a rock star. You're a rock star. You're just, you're, you're locking them up. Life is good. Everything's great. I'm the highest ROI channel that you have. But when I get people that are one out of 25, I know something's broken on that side. And then we'll dig into it with them. We'll ask them for a copy of their closers calls. We'll send them a copy of our closers calls. We'll ask them, do they have a script? Of course they don't have a script. Okay, well, let me give you a wireframe that we utilize, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the biggest thing, because you were talking about tips and tricks that they could share, I would discourage anybody from hiring a closer until they know how to close deals themselves. Until they've locked up deals themselves. Because I have a lot of guys that hire like, hey, I want to get into the space. I just met this guy. He's, he's going to do my closing. It's like, well, you can't even underwrite what he's doing. You can't calibrate on what he's doing. And same thing with uh, hiring me. I don't like working with newbies. They have to have somebody in there because I don't need to burn leads in a good market. I want to work with people who are more established that have already gone through the VA, experienced whatever pain that is. And now they want to have an actual enterprise call center doing the work for them. So, yeah, I just uh, I think you got to know it to a successful capacity yourself, then start scaling it out a little bit by bringing on team. Guys, if, if you're listening to this episode, uh, one of the biggest things that Scott and I are telling you is that you have to be able to really dominate the art of sales and really yes. dominate the art of talking to people to be able to have a closing done to, to to lock up a contract that's how we call it locking up a contract but ultimately it's not only that but you you have to be able to become an agile sales consultant uh because a lot of people come in here in this game and they think that just having a lowball wholesale cash offer is going to be enough and then you move on uh, no, there's there there is a science behind and behind sales, and actually there's different players out there that will 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 actually dedicate their time to teach you on that. Uh, Scott, who do you actually learn sales from? It was from being in the timesharing industry. Yeah, you know, that's where I really got all my core fundamentals from being in the timeshare space. So I, I'd like to say that I learned that there. But you know that that saying that something that permeated my life as a young adult, which is you know you're going to be the closest. You're going to be the average of your five closest friends. 
I didn't like the five friends that I had. You know, in other words, I didn't aspire to be them. Uh, and I love them. They're still friends today. Right. But I, I just didn't aspire to be them. And so one of the things I was very, very aggressive with. And if you ever come to the house here in Columbia, you're going to see a big, huge library. Are you inviting me? Dude, anytime. Columbia, baby. <laughs> Let's uh, do it. But uh, yeah, 100 percent. I'd love to show you. Uh, but so I'm a really big person on uh motivational books, sales books. So I've read everything Zig Ziglar's ever done. That was kind of my era. Obviously read Tom Hopkins, just pretty much any sales book that I could, I would just highlight and maybe only get three nuggets in the book, but those three nuggets could be 15 deals this year or whatever it may be. And so I think another thing that people uh, don't appreciate about sales is that nobody thinks that they have an ugly baby. I haven't had two beautiful kids, but people in general will never say I have an ugly baby. And I learned to force myself to find the ugly baby in my pitch very very early on. So like even when I was doing face-to-face, I would record them occasionally. And once I got into a vertical where you could have it recorded, but most people won't take the time to critique themselves. They won't take the time to pull a recording. Or worse, they have a sales floor infrastructure in which they can't be recorded. No, everybody uses their cell phone. Well, you're going to be hard to scale when you have all your closers using a personal cell phone and you're not tracking back the length of their calls, the quality of their calls, et cetera, et cetera. And then one last little nugget for the CEOs out there, the people trying to scale, they have to always remember salespeople are like water. They follow the path of least resistance. And so naturally water on the mountain will just avoid the rock, go around it, go to the ravine, wherever it's easier. And that's how closers naturally are. They want to spend the win. Well, this lead looks tough, so I'll just go to the next one. And then they constantly are caught in this go to the next trap. And so if you don't have some type of quality controls built in where you're systematically, uh, we, I, but the best way to put it is I inspect their work, but I still trust them to do a good job, but I still inspect, inspect, but verify. And so I think that if you have those platforms, you have to have people on platforms where you can do quality control. This is big. Some, some big, big, big diamond type of nuggets that you actually uh, shared here, Matt. So one thing is uh, people, people don't usually think that recording their sales calls and recording their calls, even if it is just someone t- as practicing talking to someone, is going to be so huge for your for quality assurance and be able to qualify yourself whether you're doing something bad and finding that ugly child, what you said, right? Yes. And because it's huge. Once you start listening to yourself, you start listening to your tonality, you start listening to what the hell did I say here? Or I could have said this or look, the seller said this. I didn't even acknowledge it. What is going on with me? And then I'm taking all the steps that I'm reading for books from books or trainings or things like that. And then applying it to the next one. Because look, us here as seven figure, seven human, seven figure human beings, if one client or or one prospect, uh, one lead just di- didn't make it happen and it, we didn't close that's fine. You know what? We're starting out. It's fine. We can either follow up with them in the ne- you know in, in in a few in a few days, few weeks, few months. But up to the next one, right? We we need to be able yes. to have this mentality that uh, now we we failed on 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 not getting a deal from this one that could have potentially been done. Let's let's find out why. But at the same time, let's let's on, let's move on to the next one, right? Because we see this as opportunities. And, and it's the whole mindset of this. Just by switching that recording call on, it's going to be huge because you're going to also take the best ones and the worst ones and give it to your salespeople. Amen. All right. And you're going to be able to show them what what made you great in that call, even, even if they have a different style and what made you bad in that call. All right. Yeah. Now, another thing that you, you mentioned is uh, the, your salespeople. Uh, just uh, just having those micro optimizations with them where you're actually inspecting what they do, but at the same time, making sure that you um, they, they, they actually have the freedom to, and, and of choice because they usually are usually commission only most of the time yeah uh and uh and you but you want to be do, be able to do those micro optimizations so one of the things that we do well I do here I'm not sure how you do it Scott but um, I have uh, I have daily meetings, uh, usually at the beginning, uh, the first few months, daily meetings where we actually go through different things on Mondays, Tuesdays, every single day. And Mondays usually is a recap of the weekend. Usually salespeople, they party up, they're crazy, yes. they're, they want to like yeah. 
you know, just go off on the Monday and you start very, 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 uh, you know, just just chill. But you you want to you, you want to recap the wins. You know, you want to recap w- what was what was winning, even if it is not locked up contracts, but what was done good. And then yes. you also want to go over maybe some uh, some opportunities that they see. And, and you can take the opportunity to also choose a call that, that they have actually done. Choose a call. You choose a call. And then you let them choose which part of the call they would want to review. This is something that I do. And uh, every single every single day also has a different type of training, call it like that, or, yep. you know, calibration period. Uh, but that is something huge. And you have to be able to do that for your team to scale, really, because those are the micro calibrations that you have to do. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I find that. Uh, a lot of people and naturally will say, all right, I'm going to audit a call. What calls am I going to audit? I'm going to audit the successes and then I'm going to audit the ones that we fought, fought, fought and I lost because there's got to be something in there. But there's more gold, I believe, lost in the calls that only lasted two to three minutes than there are in the ones where they got 40 minutes and then they lost because they were doing something right there. There's just uh, an appreciation I have as a CEO, no matter how much my team loves me, with all due respect. And I know they love me, but they'll never love my leads as much as I love my leads. In other words, it means to me they didn't have to pay 75 bucks for that lead. If they had to pay 75 bucks for that lead, they wouldn't have stopped after three minutes. And so just being able to focus in on those, helping them get past some of those initial hurdles to get that conversation to go longer has been a really big uh, thing for us. And then one other small thing I think this industry is definitely have, has issues with, and I'm not ranting in a negative way, but most people are bed, bath, and price. Uh, how many beds? How many bath? Okay, here's our price. Well, price, like you mentioned earlier, it's like, Price is not how you're going to close them. You're just never going to close them off of price. And maybe once in a blue moon, you get somebody who's desperate or somebody else who just screwed up a pitch and they thought about your services. But price is only an issue in the absence of value. So that's another one of our key mantras here. Price 100%. is only an issue in the absence of value. I can pay somebody less if it's necessary, but I can pay somebody less and earn their business because I've built so much value and trust. In, in seven minutes, you're not building value and trust. You're only pitching price and it's a death wish to scale. That's right. Yeah. So when, when people actually do have a have a money driven conversation yes. as opposed to value driven conversation, Amen. then the frame, the frame of that conversation just goes against you because now they're going to feel in control of what is happening. Rather, you actually uh, being in control because you're actually talking about the value, the benefits of working with you, uh, laying out why 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 the pain points they have can be absolutely fixed by working with you and and, and becomes more of a different type of uh conversation so that is huge man man lamasu lamasu media uh share with me real quick lamasu media the the whole history uh the story behind the lion and that eagle that i see in the in the in the background right there lamasu lamasu leads uh share with me a little bit and with people here why why is there a lion sure. A world and then legal. Yeah. Uh, so this is my third major company that I was building. And I knew it was going to be major when I started because I just the opportunity for this industry to be disrupted. Uh, it's, it's quite evident. And there's still room for m- much more disruption for sure. But so my very first company, our logo was an eagle. And we said, yo, we're not we're eagles. We're not ducks. You know, we, we soar high. We're not bottom feeders, little bread crumb eaters. We're not ducks. We're fucking eaters. Second company, which is a monster company, we're lions. We're, you know, we ain't hyenas. We aren't there scavenging. We're out there. We kill our own. You know, we're the top of the predator chain. We're lions. And so for this last one, I said, okay, so I'm going to mix every talent that I have and deploy it into this one and retire. Just be done. I can't already, but I just, I want to knock this one out of the park. What I'll tell people about all my money I've made so far has been for my first name, my ego. Candidly, Scott. All the money and opportunity in this is for my last name. Because we're in a generational wealth type industry where it's like, oh, I locked up a mobile home park. Oh, self-storage facility. Oh, we got a portfolio of 10. Like that's legacy loot. And so for me, I knew that this one was going to go that path and I wanted to be an amalgamation of everything. And so I just started researching the very first time ended up being a Syrian culture that a uh, lion and eagle were ever mixed. And that was called a Lamasu. And so I said, boom, let's roll, baby. Let this one be the greatest and latest. <laughs> the wolf Columbia. <laughs> uh, I mean, like the, li- the lion, the lion, the lion eagle in Columbia, man. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, can people good. actually find you? How can people actually reach out to you if they were to be considering, even talk to you, uh, where you can get, jump in a call, be like, hey, how can we make something work? Or if not, then at least they're going to get a lot of value from you. But uh, what what I'm looking for is for people to find a place to contact you and see how they can work with you. So Lamasuit Leads, the, the short answer is go to lamasuitleads.com. You can fill out a form. It takes you immediately to my personal calendar and it allows us to shoot the breeze. Uh, yeah. People get turned down. People get accepted. I'm currently sold out until November 15th, I think, right now. Um, maybe November 1st, uh, and I don't know when this will air, but anyway, so I'm typically sold out 30 to 45 days in advance, uh, but you got to sign up because then if not, then it gets pushed out. So, um, but I want people to follow me on Lamasu leads so they can get an appreciation for what we're doing behind the scenes. You can learn a lot from our culture and our call center and identify with it. If you follow us on Lamasu first, cause I'm constantly on there showing behind the scenes and we have a great production team here as well too. So I think that's it, man. I just want them to get familiar with the idea that there is an enterprise level call center out there. What does it mean to be an enterprise level call center? Can I now have all my data needs taken care of? And my skip needs and my platform management will never train somebody. Everything's done for you so you can focus on closing deals. Yes. Guys, even if it is even if it just serves as inspiration following Scott, go follow them. And uh, if you were, you know, if you were to actually share this stuff that he does with others that would potentially uh, work with them, that will be huge because you're learning from one of the best culturally oriented and, uh, you know, uh, value driven companies out there that actually work and crush in real estate investors, real estate investors and wholesaling uh, uh, businesses. So um, go follow uh, Scott and LamasuLeads.com uh, and Lam at Lamasu Leads in uh, Instagram. And he also yeah. has a Facebook. Okay. And remember, this guy has built a huge empire to serve you. Uh, in based out of Colombia, one of the one of the coolest uh, one of the coolest cultures that you're gonna find. And I'm gonna say that very biased because I am Colombian. But, <laughs> but it's right. It happens to be correct. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I don't see ever moving back to the States, man. I've fallen in love with the people, the culture, the opportunity here. And uh, it's it's been a blessing amongst blessings to be able to be, I think, one of the largest virt truly virtual outside of the country wholesalers, at least outside of North America. Um, and that's what everybody really should also take away. It's like, hey, this thing's as scalable as I want. And I can really accomplish last name wealth in this industry if that's my desire. Yes. And name a company that has a wait list. And actually, the wait list is over. There's very few <laughs> companies out there. So it, it, it is a good it is it is a good quality service product. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna get the best out of it. So, guys, uh, thank you so much for actually here uh, being part of this episode of RI Marketing Conversion. This time it was with Scott Morris, one of the one of the biggest persons that I wanted to share stuff from with you uh, because I knew you were gonna get a lot. And even with that soccer ball, man, even that soccer ball is huge. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm whenever I have a, an actual uh, office i'm gonna apply that that soccer ball is huge if you want to use a basketball that's fine if you want to use you know that uh, the american culture but you know south american culture is about soccer so make that happen that that's a really cool idea all right guys thank you so much for listening to this and uh, i'll see you next time